We've been talking about deliverance, and we've been helping people to get delivered. But this particular area that we're talking about, strongholds, is the one that we Christians, believers, who have been saved, who are serving the Lord, this is where we have problems. When an unbeliever doesn't know Jesus, is not serving Jesus, has not accepted him into his or her heart, they don't deal with strongholds because the enemy already has them everywhere. But when you are a believer and you're serving the Lord, and you're doing everything in your power to do things right, and then there are still areas in your life that you just can't seem to break free of, that you just can't seem to break loose. You have been prayed over. You know the word. You have actually gone for deliverance, and you feel happy that month or that week or however long it it, it is, And then this thing just comes right back. And you're wondering, what is going on? Today, God is going to give you the answer to that, I believe. Because a stronghold, until it's torn down, you can never really be free to serve the Lord the way he wants you to to serve him. So deliverance is a coin that has two sides to it. You come here and we pray over you and we cast those evil spirits that have been bothering you, that were let in through a door, maybe by you, by your family, by your upbringing, by uh, something in your past that happened to you, and we take care of it. And that demon comes out. Now, the other part of the coin is this. You have to now go find out the root of what caused that thing in your life and put an axe, as the Bible says, to the root. Because if you don't do that, if the root is still in place and all we just tried to take care of was the, the fruits and the, and the leaves, which is your emotions and the actions from the lie you were told, if that lie is not taken care of, the symptoms will come back. And sometimes, like the Bible says, because they know that you now know better, they come back more fortified and harder to take care of. So as believers, we must be very careful that when we get delivered, that is not all there is. There is the deliverance that you preach, and there is the deliverance that is an action. I'm going to just use the other mic. This keeps doing this. Satan, you're a liar. I am going to preach today. I don't care what you do. There is the deliverance that you teach and preach. And that is actually the deliverance that keeps your deliverance on. Am I making sense? So, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to read this in uh, New Living uh, Translation, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. It says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasonings. Look at what those strongholds are. The strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments Verse 5, we destroy every proud obstacle. 
an obstacle that just refuses to move. That keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So right here and here in this scripture right here, you are told what a stronghold is. You are told that a stronghold is human reasoning. You are told that a stronghold are false arguments that are not based arguments that are not based on the truth. We are told that a stronghold is made from obstacles, proud obstacles that refuses to let the word of God in. We are told that strongholds are made from thoughts that have become rebellious to the ways and the mind of Christ. That's what a stronghold is. So a stronghold, and and people say, why are we paying so much attention to the devil? Why are you paying attention? We are not unaware of the devices of the enemy. And that is what he wants. He wants you to think that he is not doing anything. Meanwhile, he's doing so much damage. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, Lest Satan should take advantage, advantage of us, for we are not ignorant. We must not be ignorant of his devices. If you don't want to be ignorant of something, you learn about that thing. You teach yourself about that thing. You get some good knowledge. So what we are doing is to give us some knowledge about the wild. And when I start going over the strongholds, I can only do five today because there are so many. You will see how tricky the devil is. When the Bible talks about the wiles of the enemy, he is so tricky that if you are not careful, you will, not, you will miss it. And that is what he's using to, to destroy Christians. Not destroy, but to just put blinders on Christians. That is what he's doing. And we need to become aware of these wiles, of these tricks, and catch him in it, and take ourselves out of those strongholds. Amen? Amen. Now, the soul is where the strongholds are. A, a man, when you're born again, you become spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is now with God's spirit. You can pray, and your spirit communicates with God's spirit, and you're, you're fine. Your spirit will always be fine. Your soul and your body is where the problem is. We talked about the flesh. And what I did, actually, I've come up with, after service, we have right there in the lobby, 43 scriptures for fighting the flesh and demons. Because we were talking, or rather, Pastor Larry was talking to someone that we had worked with, and they were looking for something to use, scriptures to use. Because remember what it says here, the weapons we use are not carnal. <laughs> the weapons we use are the weapons of God. This is it. So we came up with 43 scriptures, bolded and underlined where, what you should be confessing. This is where your deliverance really will come from. When that devil comes back and he tries to come in, and tells you, okay, you know what? God cannot satisfy you. Go ahead, do that thing. That thing will really satisfy you. You now take the scripture and says, no, you have a scripture to use. When you do that over and over and over, believe me, you will crucify the flesh. It will not come back. So we have these 43 scriptures, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to have a resource table out there. I'm going to have scriptures on if you're dealing with self-hatred, 
If you are dealing with rejection, if you are dealing with fear, if you are dealing with religion, we are going to have scriptures there. We are going to have a resource table there where you can pick it. We will fight the enemy. We will fight the enemy and we will win. We are not playing games anymore. Like I told you, these, these end times we are in, you are either in or you are either out. You're out. This is not the time to play games at all. Because Christ is coming soon and there are too many people going to hell for us not to do something about it. We have to be about our father's business. And for Christians who don't even know what's going on with them, look at how much fear there is because of COVID. Did you see the amount of fear even among believers? There are some people not in church today because of fear. It just bound them up and we are going to let that happen. Not in this church. God forbid. So what is a stronghold? Kids, that's one of your questions. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a lie. That's it. It's as simple as that. A stronghold is a lie that the enemy brought to you that you received and you became deceived. That's it. And then what it does, you now begin, once you believe that lie, everything you see, every thought that comes in your mind is filtered through that lie. And once you filter it through that lie, everything becomes skewed away from the truth of the Lord and everything becomes a lie. And then guess how, what happens after that? It begins to affect how you feel. So the lie... Now changes your way of thinking, and now changes the way you feel, and now all your actions are based on how you feel. And then once actions are done over and over, guess what? It becomes a habit, and you're just going back in that same cycle, back in that cycle, back in that. I'll give you five strong goals, and we'll go through what the lie was, what the feelings are what the actions are, and what the truth has to be to get that lie to be taken down. Because if you come here and you say, oh, I have a lot of anxiety, I'm going through depression, we cast that spirit out. And it comes out. And I don't tell you what to do. I don't take you back to that route. What caused it? We've just taken care of the, of the symptoms, but we didn't do a diagnosis. You see what I'm saying? That is the trick of the enemy. That's what has been happening. We are treating the symptoms. We are not going to the root. So we're going to go through five. Before I, I'll, I'll get there, we're going to go through five strongholds, the ones that are most common among believers. There are many of them, but the most common ones. And we are going to walk through together. We're going to just trace, trace, trace back to where it started from. Amen? Now, Let's go back to that scripture, and I want to, the same scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Let me just bring out some things there quickly before we move on. He says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. I'm not against counseling. I have, I, I, I've gone through counseling. I'm not against medications. Medications help. I have a doctorate degree in psych and mental health. I treat patients, I give them prescriptions, I do, I counsel. 
We are not against that. Let's get that clear. But the Bible is saying, if you are really going to get somebody free, it's not those worldly methods that will do it. Those worldly methods will help to curtail it. Those worldly methods will help to keep all those things at bay. But if you really, really, really want to get rid of this stronghold, it says we use God's mighty weapons. Why are they mighty? Because they are effective and they are based on truth. While the stronghold was based on a lie. And the only thing that takes darkness away is what? Light. You come into this room and it's dark. You flip that light switch. Darkness is not going to say, no, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying. I'm not going away. No. Once you turn on the light, darkness goes away. It's the same thing. If you believe the lie and it has become a mindset that you, you don't even know, that's what is affecting you. Once you expose that mindset, that lie to the truth of the word of God, it has no choice. It has to go away. Now the question is this. How disciplined are we to stay on that word? Because the first day you do it, you might not feel it's doing anything. The first week, you might not feel it's doing anything. How dedicated are we to stick with it? Because the, the renewal of the mind is not an overnight it takes time and so as a believer you have to be one that has what I call dedicated devotions where you take these scriptures where you meditate on it where you study it where you set a time aside for you to be with the Lord for him to teach you for him to open your eyes to different things in the Bible for you to know these things so that it comes out of your spirit. So that when that lie comes, you already have it inside of you that is well enough to say, no, that's a lie. You're able to recognize it and your spirit is full of the word. And you're able to say, no, that's not true. That is how strongholds are, de are destroyed. It says here, strongholds are like towers. Because to knock down something, it has to be something that is pretty big. Because one of the scriptures says to demolish, one of the translations, it says to demolish strongholds. You demolish a building that is of no use, usually, you know, pretty big, and you take those, those whatever that they used to knock them down. So the knocking of that stronghold down, one hit after another, even if it's trying to resist you, one after the other, until it crumbles, is the word of God and prayer. And the weapons that God has given us in the armor in Ephesians chapter 6. We've talked about that before. So, after having said that, what makes a believer to recognize or to identify a lie or a deception? A Christian who, again, we cannot go away from this because I tell people, I said, I cannot understand Muslims, we pray five times a day. Every day. Five times. And before they pray, they have to do some certain rituals. They'll put the do wash, wash, do the yeah, wash, wash. And then they will 
They will kneel on their mats and then they will pray. They do that five times a day. And a, a believer, for some reason, it's hard for us to pick up the Bible for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or another 15, 20 minutes to spend in prayer. Can you see that? Because a Christian who doesn't read the Bible, a Christian who doesn't pray, when the lie is presented to you, you don't know it's a lie. You see what I'm saying? So the only way for you and I to recognize when deception or a lie is brought to us is for us to already have the truth in us. For you to already have been a Christian who is in the Word that knows what the Word says so that when that lie is presented to you, the Holy Spirit in you brings it to your remembrance. So that is how a believer should be able to identify a lie or a deception. The Bible says in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 8:32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, make you free. It's the truth that you know that will keep you, that will make you free. Amen? Am I making sense to people this morning? Amen. In Psalm 1905, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. The Holy Spirit is another one that if you're very careful, if you're very... Uh, uh, you have a relationship, a close relationship with the Holy Spirit, when somebody or something presents itself that is not true, there's something inside of you that just makes you feel uncomfortable. Most of us have been in that position. Where you're talking to somebody, they say something that sounds so religious, so Christianese, but something inside of you just says, "Mm -mm 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 -mm." or they are doing some things and you just like, you just feel, that's the Holy Spirit. But if you are not being led by the Holy Spirit, if you've not spent time with the Holy Spirit, if you've not developed that close relationship with Him, and when we talk about some of these things, see, Christianity, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is not to make things difficult. Because religion is difficult and hard. Anything that has to do with Jesus is simple. So anytime it gets too hard, I keep telling myself, no, I'm, go- I'm going away from... Jesus didn't make it hard. And we shouldn't make it hard. When you spend time with God, with the scriptures, and when you pray, listen to music, Christian music, you just develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. You talk to Him like you would talk to a friend. And very soon, you so know Him that anything that will hurt Him, that will make Him feel uncomfortable, you will feel uncomfortable first. That's the way he will talk to you. So that, the word, the Holy Spirit, and then the last one on how to be able to identify deception is be taught by people who are pre- preaching the word. Make sure who is teaching you or who is your pastor or who you put yourself under, they are teaching the word of God, not their opinion. The opinions of man will not stand. Only the word of God will stand. If you hear anything from me that is not scripture, confront me. 
And I'll go back if I'm wrong, I will correct it. Nobody is beyond a mistake. Don't sit under somebody and be in authority under somebody that tells you there are many ways to, to heaven. Jesus is the only way. He is the only way. So if somebody comes and says, oh, you know what, there are many ways to heaven. Oh, everything, you know, don't worry, once you're saved, you cannot, you cannot lose your salvation. This, Jesus himself said on the last day, I will say to some, some, to some people, I don't know you. Go away from me. You do a lawless, people that do lawlessness. So explain, tell them, explain that scripture to me. What does that mean? So those are things that be careful what you listen to and who you sit under at, at, that has spiritual authority over you because a lie can come in through there and you will not know. So having said that, said that we are going to look into five strongholds. We don't have too much time today. We are going to look into five strongholds that are very common. There are a lot more, but let's look at this five. The first one is fear. And it's usually fear of man, fear of the future, fear of something bad happening to you, fear of circumstances. That's what we usually are afraid of. You know what lie that the lie the enemy tells you that makes you afraid that you bought? The lie is you are not safe. Even though you are a Christian, God cannot take care of you. That's the lie. The lie is you will fail. The lie really at the bottom of it is that God cannot be trusted. We see all this going on, the COVID going on. I cannot trust God to keep me safe. I cannot trust God. So the lie is that makes fear the root of it is that I cannot trust God. And so, because you cannot trust God, your thought pattern becomes, you are not God has control over your life. If you stay a particular way, or you do things a certain way, then you are able to build that bubble and safety around yourself, and you will be okay. And so you try to do things in your own power to keep yourself safe. And then the feelings that come with that is that you feel stuck. You feel like you can't take any risk because you are so scared. You can't take any risk. For example, God, during service, God gives you a word of knowledge to say. But you can't trust God that is him that told you to say that. You are afraid of what people will say. And so you don't take that step of faith and speak what God has told you to speak. You're afraid that you're going to get sick or something's going to happen to your children. It's because although you have prayed that God, please protect, you are my pro protector, you are my covering, you are my provider, you still kind of feel, no, I can't trust him to do that for me. And so you try to do everything to keep your kids safe, you know, on your own, you're always very careful to make sure the doors are locked, careful to make sure the, the tires in their cars, are, you know, everything that you can do on your own power. I'm not saying not to do those things, to be safe. But when it becomes the, it's such a hold over you, then that's where the trouble is. So when you now come and then you're afraid to connect with people, you're afraid to exercise your spiritual gifts, if, you have, if business, God gives you a business because you're so afraid of failing, you don't trust that God can help you, you don't step out. 
And so we come do deliverance. You say, well, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm fearful. I just, I'm bound with the spirit of fear. And we cast that out. The way now, going forward, the truth is for you to go get scriptures on trusting God, on the attributes of God. Go search through scriptures, write them down, type them down. That is not how you're going to fight the lie. That is what you now do. Am I making sense? That is what you now do. Now, let's look at number two, stronghold number two. This one, I'm telling you a lot of us fight, even me, I fight with this religion. Religion. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2, that in the last days, some will follow deceptive teachings. Let's say growing up, you were in a church where if you did something wrong, you went to a cubicle and you told somebody, I did this, I did that, I did that, and they say, okay, go say ten this, say five of this, and if you say those, God has forgiven you. Okay? Now you get saved. You're not going to that church anymore. And you do something wrong, and they say, just pray to God, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> you pray and you say, no, I have to do something. I have to do my ten, whatever, my five days to feel like I have been forgiven. I don't want to mention any. You all know what I'm talking about. I don't want to mention any, you know. And so you, you've done something wrong. You've prayed to him, but you don't see him. And you're told to just believe that he has forgiven you. That is hard. So you walk around feeling, I, I have not been forgiven. Okay, maybe I need to do... Be the one to clean the church every Friday, every day. Clean the church to make me feel I've done something. Now you go into works. You are the one now that wants to do everything in church. Even if they don't ask you, you, you can't say no because you feel that doing those works will make you earn your forgiveness, that you've already asked God to forgive you. You see, what I'm, see how sly the enemy is? And you always have this, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not forgiving. I'm not doing enough. God is not pleased with me. And that just becomes the way you operate as a Christian. And then you come and say, okay. And the thought, let me go here. The lie is you have to earn your salvation by what you do. That's the lie. And the thoughts are I have to be something always. I have to be doing something always for God to be happy with me. God does not love me because I don't ever feel he's pleased with me because of that thing I did. I didn't do enough for him to forgive me. And then you think God is angry with you all the time. And then you begin to feel inadequate. You begin to feel anger and resentment. And you are just that Christian that has no joy. Because you don't think God loves you like he loves the others. The truth of that is for you to go back on scriptures on the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, the sufficiency in Christ. Okay, let's go to number three, your past. This one gets a lot of us too. You got saved, but you had done something in your past that was not very good. Not many people know it. You've moved now. Maybe you're in a different part of town in a different city, and you are in this church now, and you're doing well, you're just, everything's going pitchy, and that thought comes. You look at you. You remember what you did? 
you committed this or you, you did that, it's going to catch up with you. Everybody's going to know who you really are. And so you are fearful that God hasn't forgiven you. You are being accused. The Bible says in Revelation, he's the accuser of the brethren. He just keeps accusing you, accusing you, accusing you of something that you have let go of, that you have confessed, that God has forgiven you. But the lie is that you've not been forgiven. You are too bad. How can God just let that go like that? Then you begin to to think, oh, I'm just a hypocrite. If people really knew my past, they would not want to be around me. I deserve to be punished for what I did. I don't deserve anything good. And anything bad that happens to you, you justify that. Ah, yeah, you see, God is punishing me for that. And the feelings you now have are just feelings of condemnation. You never feel good enough. You always have shame. You're so anxious that somebody from your past or something from your past is going to show up and it will ruin your reputation. And then you have feelings of paranoia. And so if you come and say, I, I, just, I don't know why I feel so anxious. I always feel condemned. I always feel shame. I, I just am paranoid of people. And we pray and get those demons out. But we don't go back to what the lie is. Again, you see, the, lie, the, the slyness of the enemy. So the a- action, what should you do about that? Or the truth no, let me talk about what people like that. When you see people that are very sin conscious, that's the action, the habits that, that now form. Very sin conscious, they always seek affirmation from people. When you tell them, um, I like your shoes. Oh, <laughs> this shoe is really not good. I just bought it for $5. Just tell me thank you. Oh, oh, you're looking so good today. Oh, no. No, you really don't know. This dress was like on sale, you know. They just cannot take a compliment because of the shame that is in them for something they have done before. So you cannot begin to see, to see symptoms that will kind of lead you to the diagnosis. And people, they are very, those kind of people that are overly critical of people that may have done the same thing that they did and are ashamed of. So if you see someone, I have seen this over and over and over. If somebody is very critical of people in a particular thing, they come to you to, to, for counseling and they tell you they have this and that is what you just hound on. You forget everything else, but that one, that one, that one, that one. It, they have a problem in that area themselves. So when you see somebody that's overly critical about a certain thing, Find a way to pull them aside and say, okay, how, did this, how was this in your past? That's the way to deal with that. The truth that we set that person free is scriptures on the mercy of God, their identity in Christ, confidence in the word, and integrity of God's word. Some of these, we're going to get them out and print some scriptures and put them out for people to just take and read and use to help themselves. Number four, self-hatred. This one right here. If you are a parent here or you are in school, be very careful how you make 
comments about people, especially how they look. Be very, very, very careful. Parents, be very, very, very careful. When you're talking to your children, don't make any comments. Or don't make any comments about parts of your body that you don't like. Because it transfers to them that that area of their body too is not good enough. God made everyone. The Bible says we are all wonderfully and fearfully made. Everybody, God made you the way you are. He fashioned you and he looked at you and he said, that is good. I don't think God created anybody and said, oh no, the ears are too big, so that's not good. And that's what the enemy uses. Self-hatred is when, for example, somebody tells you, oh, those your ears are big. When the enemy gives you a testimony, he doesn't just give you one. So that young man or that young woman, that little boy, that little girl goes away thinking, oh, my ears are big. Oh, my nose is big. Oh, my eyes are big. Oh, my feet are big. It's just before you know it, there's nothing about themselves that they like. Self-hatred. Now the thought is, everyone is talking about my ears. Oh, they're also looking at my nose, my eyes, my toe. You see, there's nothing good in me. I'm not good enough. No one finds me attractive. And if they are young, oh, nobody's going to marry me because I have a big ear, whatever. And then the feelings of low self-esteem, self-hatred, they're very hypersensitive. I can be talking to Pastor Larry and they go by there. We are talking about something different. They are thinking, the enemy is telling them, oh, they are talking about you. They are talking about you. You don't hug them. You don't say hi to them. When you see them in church, you see, nobody likes me. Nobody wants to talk to me because of my big ears. They become so hypersensitive. And of course, anxiety and depression comes in. They self-isolate. They are easily offended. It's very hard for them to make friends. They, are, they can't take any compliment at all. Those ones don't even compliment them because they think you have an ulterior motive and that you're actually making fun of them. Can you see how these things just start with a lie and the enemy just takes it and builds and builds and builds on it? That particular Christian, what they just need is scriptures on your identity in Christ. Who you are in Christ. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. Just that one scripture saying that to yourself over and over and over will set you free. We can pray and cast out the demons that the door opened and let in, but if you don't practice those scriptures, stay with it, that truth is what is going to pull down that stronghold, that deception, that lie that you believed. The last one is the flesh. We've talked about this a little bit, and that's why I came up with these 43 scriptures. We have them out there, bolded in red and underlined. So if you want some, or if you know somebody that can, can help, go ahead and, and take them. The lie is that God cannot satisfy me. God is not enough for me. This pornography is what satisfies me. But you know the thing with the devil once he has his hook on you, you do more, thinking more will satisfy you. That's why alcohol, that's how the people become alcoholics. You drink, it makes you feel a little relaxed. And then you think next time if you drink more, it will make you feel more relaxed. So you drink. 
There's always that it will satisfy you. Oh, Satan will tell you, do a little bit more. Before you know it, he's bound you up. You are now an alcoholic. You cannot get away from it. You are now, it's like an addiction now. Because you just started with a thought that this will satisfy me. God will not satisfy me. That's always the lie. And then, the thoughts after a while, when you have, it becomes a pattern, you start thinking, well, everybody has something they are doing, they are hiding too. That's what the devil will tell you. You are not the only one. People are hiding things too. After all, what, what is wrong with that? God is a God of love and mercy. This, this thing that I'm doing is not going to take me to hell. I can do it and it's, it's okay. God's grace covers everything. But you're feeling trapped. You're feeling like a hypocrite. You're feeling distant from God. You're feeling guilty. You're double-minded because one hour in church, you're asking for help with it, and you feel good, but the next hour you go home, you're trying to do the same thing without being caught. So you are being pulled back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The double-mindedness. And then your actions, a secretive lifestyle. You do things at church different, and then you go home, you're a completely different thing. You're very suspicious of people. You don't want anybody near your house. You don't want anybody to know you outside of church. Church friends, that's what it is. I don't want you to be, know me at home because you're afraid of what if they get too close to you, what they'll find out. And then you're very hypervigilant and again, very isolated. You all see what, what, how this thing starts? I wanted to do this today too, so that we can understand that he's so sly in the way he presents things to us but we need to know when it's a lie. We need to know when it's a lie and get the truth in us because it's only those truths that we know. The Word of God, praying in the Spirit, praying in our understanding, protecting your mind, putting on that breastplate of righteousness, wearing the shoes to always tell people before they even say anything that this is who I am, I'm a believer. The shield of faith, when those arrows are being thrown at you, you have your faith to say, no, I'm a believer. This is not going to happen to me. I'm going to use my faith to fight this. You have to know those weapons. Life of Christianity cannot just be a life of ease. Please. We need to all be willing to be devoted. The basic disciplines of the faith. Because as the soul prospers, everything else will prosper. If the soul is not prospering, nothing else will prosper. That's what that scripture in 3 John, 3 John verse 2 says. That is what we need to do. So total victory comes, I'm almost ending up, total victory comes when we commit to the truth. Commit to the truth of the word of the Lord. Conform to the truth. Don't give excuses. Don't, 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 don't say your case is different. Do what the Word of God says, even if it doesn't feel good, and even if it doesn't work right away, stay with it, because the Word of God never fails. And finally, make declarations. Make declarations. If that thought comes to you and says you're, you're weak, speak it, open your mouth and say, no, I am strong. When he says, oh, you are fear, no, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love, power and of a sound mind if you do that two times that spirit of fear is not coming back again it comes back with shame and 
and self-hatred. No, stop it. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm made in the image of God. God made me this way. And his, when he made me, he said, this is good. You speak it so you hear yourself. If it's something that has to do with the flesh, sin shall not have dominion over me. Sin shall not have dominion over me. I crucify the flesh. Sin shall not have dominion over me. That is all you need to do. It's as simple as that, y'all. It's as simple as that. Just get scriptures in that area. You don't even need to get 43 of them. Just get two or three. Just two or three. Don't make it complicated. But stay with it. And I promise you, that area of stronghold that in your life is going to come down. It's going to come down. If you're confused all the time, your mind is just all over the place. I have the mind of Christ. I've used that a lot. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I can think through this. I have the mind of Christ. Christ was never confused. I have the mind of Christ. Talk to yourself, even if people think you are, you are, something is wrong with you, but you know what you're doing. Talk to yourself. Make those declarations. Because as we make those declarations, the Holy Spirit in you, the, the Spirit in you is agreeing with heaven, and the enemy that's trying to get in is hearing you and knowing that you now know who you are. That is the way we fight. When it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God, that is the weapons we fight with. You can go to a, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, yes. Get the medications to get you down to where you need to be. But if you are really going to get freedom, it has to come from the truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do today, we're going to pray for you. And like I said before, you know, we are too dignified. We don't want to look undignified. Or we don't want people to say, oh, what is she going out there for? Believe me, when you are being tormented at home, when you are being tormented in your mind, you know what you are going through. Don't worry about people. If David worried about people, he wouldn't have praised the Lord to the point all his clothes fell off. But he was more focused on God, on worshipping God, that he didn't care if his clothes fell off. And the ones that were making fun of the wife that was telling him, look at you. You so disgraced yourself today. God closed her womb. So let people laugh at you, but you need know what you need from God. So if you need God to take care of some things for you today, please stand up and come right here to the altar. And let's deal with some of these things. Stand up to your feet this morning. I bind every spirit of shame in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of self-consciousness in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. I bind you right now in Jesus' name. Let loose of God's people right now in Jesus' name. Every foul spirit in this place trying to hold the people of God captive. I pull down every stronghold now. Every stronghold of fear. Every stronghold of religion. Every stronghold of self-rejection. Every stronghold of depression and anxiety. I pull you down right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, 
Manderebo sondoria shanderia babakandiria. Monderebo shikaraba kondorobo shara. If you want to be helped, you can come. If you want to be helped, come. Our prayer partners, please come out. Just come out here. Anything they need you to talk to them about, just have them renounce it, pull it down, and then tell them what they need to do. Shanderebo konderiaba. Honderebo shikaraba. Everything holding them back, Lord. Every single thing holding them back. These are your children. We want to serve you fully and holy, God. We want to serve you fully and holy, holy, holy God. Nothing, nothing holding us back. And so, Lord God, I break from every one of us here today. Every one of us, every tentacles of the enemy. I break them out in the name of Jesus. I break them off of it in the name of Jesus. We bind every false spirit. In Jesus' name, every door that was open, every lie, we replace it with the truth of God's word today. Oh, Father, I thank you that scales have been removed from the eyes of your people. We give you praise, we give you glory. We give you praise, we give you glory. We give you praise, we give you glory. I know we have more people here. I know we have more people here that need to be prayed for. Don't allow shame. Don't allow what people would think to keep you back there. You need to come out and let us take care of these things for you. There is no shame in the house of God. Yes, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for setting your people free today. Thank you, Lord, for setting your people free today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Every chain is being broken right now. Yeah. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.